My name is Megan Brett Hamilton, and I'm the host of the podcast Honeybee Connection by MB, where I talk about language, culture, communication, and identity. At the end of my conversation with my guests, I ask them five questions. I ask them the same five questions. Here's what they said. These five for the hive. It's five questions that I will ask everyone at the end of my lovely podcast. <laughs> okay. The first one is, how do you define race and what races, race or races, do you identify with? Hmm. Race, race is uh, color, culture, background, everything uh, to me. Uh, I, I resonate. It's really interesting because you say Asian and I'm like, I'm not really Asian. I'm South Asian, but I don't resonate with that. <laughs> like, what? say Indian American. You know, it's a, again, it goes back to the identity crisis. I know. It's really hard to check boxes for me. I don't know. No. And I love that it's hard to check boxes because it's complicated. It's very complicated. We act like it's not. Okay. Number two, what is the right way to speak? I don't think there's a right way to speak. I think everybody has their own perspective and their own experiences. And so um, I think you learn over time you know, in terms of being respectful and, you know, how people want to hear you or how, how you can be heard. That's probably the better one to say. Um, but uh, there's no right way to speak. I don't think that's a fair question. (laughs) Well, excuse me. (laughs) It's a loaded question. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so we kind of talked about this, but again, this is just, I'm going through the list. So how would you describe the way you speak? I think I, ah, that's interesting. Um, I speak authentically as much as possible. Um, but I also speak strategically because <laughs> I like, uh, you know, I, I'm an em- em- empath like you, like, you know, so, um, I think it really depends on the situation. Professionally is a different ball game. When I have authority and I'm like leading something, it's a different ball game. You know, an everyday conversation. It's my husband. It's a different ball game. <laughs> like, you know, my kids. So uh, that's another one. Yeah. It's different for different stakeholders, different people. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. You ready for this one? Sure. Bring it on. What does your hair mean to you? Oh, my hair actually means a lot. I've been, I'm 42 years old. And I feel like my hair is thinning, right? Mm. And I'm like, and the, like it is, it's a sign for me of like confidence and beauty. Like it's like a little bit vain, you know? No, human. So and it's been a thing. It's actually, I'm recently like, hey, it'd be really fun to get one of those fun wigs. <laughs> like, like, you know, like those like really nice. Like, yes. like yeah. I remember like, I think it was last October, we had a, um, a Halloween party or something. And I put on this wig, like a, it was like a purple and black thing. My sister-in-law had, and I was like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> oh like, boy. Purple and nice. Yeah. I'm like, I need some extensions, but I, hair is important. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. Um, funny question. by the way. It is, well, okay. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll add a four B for you. Does it mean anything culturally? Ooh. Uh, yeah. I guess, you know, I think um, hair textures are different in different cultures. Um, You know, it's funny, though, with my kids, like my older one has thick and black and long hair, very Indian. 
The other one has thin and curly, and we're like, where the heck did you get that? <laughs> like, Where'd you come from, kid? <laughs> and then I realized, oh man, I, I, you know, I do have curly. It's just funny, but like you have um, per- perceptions when it comes to hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, or per- yeah. So yeah, I guess you're right. But I didn't think about it like that when you first brought it up. All right. Okay. And the last question, which is again stuff that I am very interested in, so I want people's perspectives. Why do you think some people have a hard time learning how to read? This is a really good question because it hits home again with one of my children. Um, I think it is, it's processing. Um, I think there's some, and this is my own research recently. There's some kids that have more, uh, are highly sensitive. So what their brain actually looks at and takes in it takes them a lot longer to process. Why that happens, uh, you know, there are multiple reasons that people either don't know um, or, um, and it's not that they won't eventually become great readers. It's just some people just take longer uh, to get there, you know? So that's an interesting, I'd love to get your perspective on that. Like if you have. Girl, I got so many reads, so, so much. So, oh, I'm actually going to give a webinar. Are you? October 15th, if you'd like to join. Yes, but it's about, yeah, it's, it, it, there's lots of different reasons. And one of the reasons that I talk about just in my professional world and research is the different ways we speak English. And so there's a lot of African-American English speaking children who do poorly on reading. And it's not necessarily because they're poor readers. It's because they're learning a code that they don't speak. So there's an oral code and a written code and they don't always match. Interesting. So that's that's one other aspect, but there's there's a lots of other ones. You know, I also work with kids who have dyslexia, and there's the processing piece, and kids with you know oral language disorders. So there's a lot to it. Yeah, but I'm always curious yeah, about what one thing because it's a fun entrepreneurial thing. So there's a company called Right Eye, and they have a system where they do this testing, and they're saying you know a lot of these kids out there. They say they have ADHD and they can't read and all this stuff. Like they have multiple use cases for this test. But you go in and they track the kids' eyes, right? Mm-hmm. They track it and they're like, you know, it's actually um, that it's an eye. The way that they're actually focusing is not is not allowing them to focus. So they have ways of helping that child without any medication or anything, like learn how to like control their eyes so that they can actually focus on the reading. And then, and then a lot of people do not get diagnosed with ADHD because that's not what they actually have. So it's a really interesting with technology also yes. station how yes. these things that we think are just processing or otherwise may not even be that. <laughs> Seema, so you just need to come to my field because that is what I tell my students. I have a close family member who was having difficulties reading. And when we thought it was linguistic based, language based, it was her eyes. And I actually diagnosed this. I was very proud of myself because most people don't get diagnosed with that until later in life, but it's a um, convergence deficiency. And her eyes were having a difficult time pulling apart. So she saw the word father and she thought it was feather. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I lo- girl, anything with the brain and language, I am there. Email me if you got questions. There. <laughs> <laughs> will do. Will do. <laughs> well, this was a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. You were my second guest, and it was awesome. 
We live in Cannon Road. I was about to sing Cannon Road song every time you said the word because it's like C A N N O. I have not. Okay, okay, let's not go there because I can't even sing. So let's not embarrass myself even more. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on Honeybee Connection podcast by MB. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's always. we will, you know, I, I think I had to figure this out, but I'm like, whoever listens to this, because I told some of my students I was starting a podcast and they got so excited. So if anyone has any questions, more questions for Seema Panda Alexander, please email me and I'll let her know because you have a fascinating background and, and I love what you're doing with your current life. And I love what you said. I don't think we had it recorded, but you said, I don't want to help people who aren't going to help the world or something, Right. Yeah, it's a, a lot of the entrepreneurs that I focus on are visionary entrepreneurs who are focused on serving others and, and changing the world in whatever which way that they're supposed to be. And if I can help them in their growth, that's adding to my legacy and theirs. So yeah, 100%. 100%. That's awesome. We're going to end on that note. Thank you so much, Seema. All right. So good seeing you.